take two. Reverse, reverse. Reverse, reverse. Side to left. Side to the right. Twist. Crisscross. Crisscross. Everybody clap your hands. I hate us. We're killing it. Okay, take two. Welcome to the Leading Lady Club. We are your hosts. I'm Caitlin. I'm Lauren. And welcome to the show. Yay. Oh my goodness, it feels like it's been so long since I have met all of that. My goodness. I know, it's been a hot minute. We meant to just kind of take a few weeks off for Christmas and the new year and kind of get settled back into life in New York. Um, and then we took a few extra unexpected weeks off, but that's okay because life happens and... Yeah, that's just what happens. We just, you know, when we are actively doing the podcast, we like to give it like 100% and give it our full attention and make sure we're not missing any weeks that we're doing, you know, consistent episodes every Monday. And so to really kind of give it our full, uh, our full time and attention, we needed to wait a couple of more weeks till we kind of got settled into some new routines um, that the new year brought. Um more on that later, maybe. Um, but anyway, very exciting things happening behind the scenes. But uh, we're really excited to be back. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you for being patient with us. And we're glad that you all are back after our little break. And lots of things have happened uh, for women in the sports world while we've been away. Yeah, it is a sports girl's dream these past couple of weeks. <laughs> sports girl's dream. I mean, obviously, in the world of men's sports, we're getting close to the Super Bowl, which I am very excited about. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the Bengals been just secured literally. An hour ago, securing her spot. Yes. Good for Joe Burrow. Good for them. Oh my goodness, I'm trying to find all of our notes um, from different things that we wanted to talk about. But one. Was... In the meantime, who do you want to win, the 49ers or the or the Rams? I almost called them the Rams. The Rams, 100%. Why don't you want Jimmy Garoppolo to be happy? No disrespect to the 49ers or anything. I mean, they're great. I just, um, there are quite a few Florida, former Florida State players on the Rams. I so I always cheer for them when they are playing. So oh, that's I, very nice. I yeah. always cheer for Jimmy Garoppolo because he is very, very handsome. <laughs> Okay. That's it. <laughs> That's all your whole reasoning. I love it. Pretty much. Um, I saw okay. TikTok the other day that said, no matter what, this Super Bowl is going to be for the girls because we've got Jimmy Garoppolo. At the time, Patrick Mahomes, not anymore. Sorry, Pat. And uh, Joe Burrow. And I was like, yeah, it is for the girls. Okay. Or it's for the girls because we are intelligent, well-rounded women who love sports and... Sure. <laughs> Also, we just want to stare at Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. That's all. Listen, I watch one football game a year, and it is the Super Bowl. And if they look good, yay. <laughs> yay. They wear helmets, Lauren. 
Well, you can see them when they take their helmets off. Okay, okay. All and right, well, the end. in other sports-related <laughs> news, um, this all of this news is slightly outdated because we've been collecting these little news tidbits over the past few weeks in uh, anticipation. Them, like, back and forth to yes, each other. Yes, we've been sending them to each other being like, for the podcast, when we, yeah, when we're back, when we're back, for the podcast. So all of this is a little old news, I know, but we still want to touch on it and celebrate it. So the Yankees have hired Rachel Balkovec, I hope I'm saying that right, as the manager of their um, their low A affiliate, the Tampa Tarpons, and she will become the very first female manager in affiliated professional baseball history. Hi, girl. So go, Rachel. That is so Ooh. cool. I'm also a Yankees fan, so that makes me really happy. I love that the Yankees are at the forefront of you know, bringing women to giving them a seat at the table in the world of professional baseball. It's amazing. Um, on Lauren's front over in good old Ohio, the Cleveland Cavaliers have promoted Shelly Kayette Weston, again, hope I'm saying that right, to executive vice president and chief operating officer. And she is the first black woman to hold this role with an NBA team. Ever. Yeah, girl. So that's amazing. And also something I feel like we kind of talked about, not that exact, you know, position, but we talked about a lot when we had Gabby on the podcast back Mm -hmm. in December about she actually predicted that the NBA, granted more on the coaching front, I think was her prediction, but she was saying she thinks in any sport that it might happen, that it probably would be um, the NBA that would be at the forefront of that. So look at that. I think Gabby is probably on to something. Not at all surprising. Um, What else do we have to talk about? Oh, here we go. Tesla Doe. Once again, hope I'm saying all these names right. Um, made X Games history. She became the first woman to win ski big air and ski slope style at the same X Games. So you go, Tess. That's amazing. And that's a great segue into the Winter Olympics, which are starting this week. We are so excited because. Listen, I'm sorry. I didn't even okay. you up, but just listen. I <laughs> but love just the Summer listen. Olympics. Just listen to me. <laughs> I love the Summer Olympics as everybody does, but I love the winter olympics because i love figure skating and it is the two weeks every four years that many more people care about figure skating as much as i do and it makes me very happy because i, love it very much. I vividly remember when lauren and i were roommates in college we, the winter olympics were happening and i always watched like every event and of course i like figure skating and so we watched it and lauren literally like not could care less but she was like okay yeah figure skating that's cool and all of a sudden, something happened inside of her, she, and she became a figure-skating monster. And she, I would come home, and she would be like, I'd be like, what are, what are you doing? She's like, oh, just watching figure-skating. I'm like, oh, that's cool. How long have you been watching? I don't know, eight hours? I'm just well, kidding. Okay. But, like, she would literally watch, and she would watch, like, the random, like, there would be prime-time, like, snowboarding or prime-time speed-skating or, like, something else happening where it was, like, the finals. But Lauren would be like, no, we're watching this very pre- preliminary round of figure skating, whatever. And I'm like, Lauren, like we're missing Sean White, okay? I love Sean White. Well, and that's what happened when I got into soccer too, honestly, is I kind of just decided that I was going to be in it, into it for like the 2014 World Cup. And now here I am many years later. I say this lovingly. I feel like that's you with everything in your life. Like you have, again, not in a bad way, but you definitely have an obsessive personality. I do. And why I can't... (laughs) 
Yeah, I know, I, I know where you're going with that. That's okay. Yes, it's good that it's um, with TV and movie and sports and books and not other things. Um, but I just feel like you're so like you're all or nothing. Like either you're kind of like, nah, I don't really care. Like you used to be this way about like Marvel. You used to be like obsessed with Marvel. And now you're kind of like, eh, whatever, don't really care anymore. Like you, I feel like you only have so much room in your heart and mind to because you go so all in with things. Like you, you only have so many things that you can be like, purely obsessed with and figure skating is probably at the top of the list right now so skating and soccer up there yeah 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 Um, i literally was just watching the uh u.s canada world cup qualifier we lost while there's football on this was before football and then during football i was cleaning so i didn't watch football okay big sigh that's okay um let's see one last sports thing that i wanted to mention was let's see so the lsu uh girls cheerleading squad this is college now they were barred from doing their cheerleading competition and dance competition during covid from i guess the administration but they were allowed during that same time to cheer for the male sports so to cheer for football and basketball so that you know of course there would be there would be cheerleaders on yeah there would be cheerleaders on the sidelines like cheering for the male athletes but they were barred from competing in their actual sport that they you know are trying to compete in and so this year they did get to compete and they competed in the uda hip-hop competition with a dance to the song like a boy and this this right i know and this article says you bet they're sending a loud and clear message to the school so you go ladies you show them what's up because that's pretty messed up it's like obviously this is a global pandemic i totally get them not being allowed to compete for safety and health reasons but if that's the case then the boys why are the boys even playing basketball and football if they're not allowed to compete and if if the girls are not allowed to compete for their health and safety supposedly then why is their health and safety not important when it comes to cheering on the boys like that seems ridiculous but i digress um anyway so we love sports if you listened to the podcast at all over the summer months you will know we're big olympic scouts so just get ready to hear a lot of olympics uh takes opinions excitements music we got got hockey we got all the skiing i love hockey sean white is coming back for one last olympic game one last olympics i saw do you know how i learned that i learned that on his tiktok of course of course you did because that's how life goes uh tangentially related did you watch the new season of cheer I did. I have like 30 minutes left to watch in the last episode. Okay. So I technically have not quite finished it, but I did. I've just finished Emily in Paris too, which I love. Big Mm. fan of Ashley Park, Broadway star turned very insta-famous Netflix star, which is very exciting. Watch Cheer, watch Emily in Paris. I'm just keeping it real, you know, telling the people what I'm watching. Um, All right. Speaking of keeping it real... We're about to get real real with this week's guest. I'm so excited to introduce you all to my girl, Madison Gann. We go way back to freshman year of high school, good old AC Mosley High, which those of you who never heard of Mosley High before starting to listen to this podcast, um, you're welcome that now you get to hear about it relatively uh, often. Let's go Dolphins. Um, all the time, Lauren says. <laughs> I'm like, bringing another high school friend on the show. 
Uh, Madison is amazing. You guys are going to love her. She is an attorney. She's a real estate attorney, which is just amazing because she's our age. So she's young and already very accomplished and amazing. Um, so she's from Florida, like I said, grew up in Navarre and then moved to Panama City uh, for high school. She went to University of Florida, which we'll talk about. Um, she has a degree in family, youth and community sciences from there and then went to law school at Mercer University. And then, like I said, now she has a job with an amazing real estate law firm uh, in the Atlanta, Georgia area. And she's just an incredible young woman. You guys are going to be so impressed by her. She's one of the smartest people I know. So she's amazing. You guys are going to love her. We had so much fun talking with her about law school and taking the bar. That was a wild adventure that I... So much, but the number one lesson is that I never want to take the bar. Yeah, it sounds terrible, but also she just has such a fun way of like telling stories that I feel like it makes it just like funny and relatable. So you guys will love hearing about that. Um, and then hearing about this amazing law firm she works for. It's an all-female law firm. So it's uh, it's pretty amazing. So enough of me talking and hyping her up. I think we should just bring her in. What do you say, Lauren? Let's do it. All right, everyone. Here she is, Madison Gann. Hi, Madison. We're so excited Hello. to have you here. Oh my goodness. I'm just like beaming because I love it when my friends meet my other friends. So this, <laughs> which is pretty much like almost every episode which of this is, podcast. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> we, we do. People. Yeah, we interview the occasional like person neither of us has met or like that I don't know very well. But for the most part, it, this whole podcast is just me introducing Lauren to my other friends. So well, and I get to make lots of new friends. So it all it's works. True. It's true. It's great. But I'm so excited to have you here. I feel like this has been a long time coming. So uh, and I feel like you're one of my my oldest friends. So this is very, very exciting. We love to have Panama City folks on the show. So. Oh, yes. PC. I know yes. you love being referred to as a Panama City person, but <laughs> you know, I, I do just really love that. <laughs> I know. Even better. What if I called you a good old Mosley High gal, then you'd really oh, be wow. happy. Yeah. I mean, being a dolphin is a lifestyle, apparently. That's what they say. Go wow. Dolphin. So it's not say. just Caitlin that says that. Cool. Good to know. <laughs> Lauren doesn't believe me that it's a thing. And I'm like, listen, I had a keychain that said it. It was a whole thing. They said it like all the time at school. The principal said it. It was a thing. Um, okay. right. But anyway, go, do go dolphins. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. So speaking of that. Let's take it back. We love to ask people kind of about the beginning of their journeys into their career and kind of how they got started. So way on back, we met, as I just alluded to, in Panama City, Florida in high school. Um, but then after that, you went on, obviously, to go to the University of Florida and to study law. At what point in your life were you like a little kid dreaming of like growing up and being a lawyer or was this something that kind of you figured out you wanted to do later because I was as I was prepping for this interview, I was trying to remember I was like, did she say in high school that this is what she wanted to do with her life because I couldn't remember if it was or not and I was wondering if it was something you always kind of knew you wanted to do or something you figured out later. It was definitely not something I wanted to do growing up. I wanted to be a teacher. Hmm. And then senior year of high school, I did an internship in a classroom. And I realized that while I loved kids, I liked them one-on-one -on -one and not in a classroom setting. And 25 so, of them vying yeah. for your attention. Yeah. And they all team up against you. And yep. I'm like, I, that just was not what I thought it was going to be. And so I went to college and had 
no earthly idea what I was going to do. And I don't really, I can't remember the exact timing of it all, but I switched my major to what's, it's called Family Youth Community Sciences, and it's at UF. And you do a lot of social work and nonprofit work. And so then I thought about social work as what I wanted to do. And then I realized that is very emotionally taxing. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's not it. But at part of the major, you have to take a family law policy course. And so during that class, I met a lot of attorneys and I thought, well, maybe that's something. And my mom had always said that she thought I could be a lawyer. Like she'd always said it. And I always said, absolutely not. I hate to argue. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm sorry. What? (laughs) Since when? (laughs) You're right. That is true. I do like, <laughs> I get passionate. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that's kind of the story. And I think I took that class my junior year of college. And so I remember I texted my mom and I was like, I think I'm going to take the LSAT. And then I signed up for the LSAT and went to law school. There you wow. go. Casual. I will, see that okay that's what I kind of thought because I was like I don't remember this being you know something we discussed at the lunch table like I don't remember you having aspirations necessarily of being a lawyer when we were younger so I was wondering if that was something that came about later and I also similarly my family always told me you should be a lawyer you're really good at arguing and talking and I was like wow thanks like, <laughs> thanks guys I, really I feel like that's that. always how it goes to is either like people know they want to be a lawyer from like really early on or they don't decide until like second semester of senior year of college <laughs> they're like maybe I'll just take the LSAT just to see how it goes well yeah and it was like two I went I won't ever forget I went in for my advising meeting and the guy looked at me and he's like so you're aware you have to graduate early right and I looked at him and I was like I am 21 years old. Like Excuse I me? don't know what to do with my life. <laughs> yeah. So God. that also helped because I was like, law school's three years. I have three more years to figure it out. There we go. And figure out what happens. There you go. Yeah. And figure it out. You did. I love that. Um, that also makes me think of not to um, cite a very unimpressive reference, but when you said someone like last minute decides to be a lawyer, like at the end of senior year, it made me think of Elle Woods. So of course, shout of out, <laughs> shout out to my girl Elle, who last minute was like, I'm going to take the LSAT. Um, well, and also I will say Legally Blonde is a great movie, first off, but it also is actually pretty realistic of what nice law school is obviously there's a lot of added a little dramatization classroom scenes are very accurate which is very interesting that's interesting that's very cool I always love I love when I know that movie and then the movie My Cousin Vinny and I only know that because I watched it very very recently and I love that movie but those are two that people cite as like yeah this is actually like a very accurate portrayal of lawyers and like the law which is kind of fun oh yeah I'm a big fan of Legally Blonde, so I really love to hear that. So you graduated UF, you figured out that you were going to go to law school, you were like, time to take the LSAT, all that exciting stuff. I can't even imagine having to study for the LSAT except for in the fictional uh, musical of Legally Blonde. But so then you went to school at Mercer University for law school. And I know from hearing your stories of your time at law school that it was a lot, like cannot even imagine having to work that hard 
at anything ever in my life. So um, just tell us a little bit about that experience and kind of what that was like. And I can only imagine it was probably not that I'm, I mean, you've always been a hard worker, but I can only imagine that was like a whole new level of like really having to, to work hard at something and like, and put your, all of your effort and time and into studying and to working on something. So what was that experience like in law school? It was definitely not anything I could have ever been prepared for. Um, I think a lot of people that go into law school know someone who's done it. They know someone who's a lawyer. And that's the thing about law school is it has not changed in probably 50 years. Like the way that it's run is about the same. And I had no lawyers in my family, no friends that were had gone to law school. So it was a whole new ball game. And I the way that it's structured, so you don't pick your classes your first year, they pick your classes. And I think you take 18 credit hours your first semester. And they have the Socratic method is how they do it. So what that means is you get reading that you do the night before your class, you read all these cases, and you go into class the next day and the professor randomly, you don't know who he's going to call on, will call on someone. That person sometimes has to stand up. So I had one professor, he made you stand up and then they just grill you the whole time about that case that you read the night before. And they will ask the most minute details. And so I'd always said, I'm a great reader. Like I comprehend reading, but it's a whole different thing when you're in front of your peers and there's, you know, 20 to 50 people you're in front of. And the professor is asking about the one sentence. And then he's asking you, how do you interpret it? What does this mean? And all these questions. So you really had to be prepared because if you got called on and you weren't prepared, that was just embarrassing. And the professor, yes. So I, my first semester with, um, there was a class torts and it's all about uh, like lawsuits. So personal injury, negligence, that kind of thing. And that professor had been teaching for, I think just under 40 years. So he was very traditional and The day that I got called on in this class, I can't even tell you what case it was. Like I blacked out, but I, my heart rate was like, I had done a full cardio workout because of how stressed it was. God. So yes. That is literally my worst nightmare. Like I cannot imagine a situation I would rather be in less other than like maybe getting a full mouth root canal. Like that's probably the only thing I could think of that I would do want to do less than what you just described because it's one thing to sit in your room and read things and like take notes or whatever but then you have to Mm -hmm. stand up and hope to god that your brain is working well enough that day that you remember things Uh uh-uh and i would just panic and everything would leave my life oh yeah i would have like absolutely panic yeah for sure god bless you (laughs) thank you well and it's crazy too because you also, you don't know anyone. Like I didn't know anyone. I went to school yeah. at that point and law school is very, very competitive. And so mm-hmm. you also think that everyone knows more than you do. So then you're trying to impress everyone. Cause you don't want people to think you're stupid and you want your professor to like you. And the way that grades are done, you only get one grade in most of your classes, which is your final exam. So then you're trying to like, also 
help out your classmates because you're the one that's supposed to be the expert on this case. So they're writing notes based on what you're saying. So if you're wrong, everyone's going to remember that. And then you're screwed. Wow. <laughs> this is but, terrible. Like, this is, I'm going to have, this is going to be my new stress stream. Like as of right now, I have stress streams about like getting pushed onto stage and not knowing what show I'm in or any of my lines. But this will be my new stress stream now is that I'm like suddenly in law school for some reason. And I have to get up <laughs> and talk about a case I don't know anything about. Like, this is just absolutely terrifying to me. Wow. Yeah, God bless all of you. God bless all of you. And so, but I imagine it gets easier as, you know, the three years go on. But I, I'm sure that first class was like, oh, Lord in heaven, this is horrendous. Oh, yeah. Well, and I've always said law school material-wise is not necessarily difficult. Like, yeah. material-wise, as you go through it, and as long as you have good professors, it starts to make common sense. And it, everything yeah. builds off of what you learn your first year. Mm-hmm. what's hard about law school is the amount of work that you do so it's hard to keep everything on track and you're learning like you would go from criminal law into civil law into professionalism so it's very unique areas mm-hmm. but then you add on the added like you are being graded against your peers like you're not graded based on your work you're graded against how your work compares to your peers and then that's an added stress. And then you add in the whole being put on the spot thing, which yeah. that's, that is not fun, but it does. That's your first year, your second year, or at least my second year was a little bit less. I only had one professor after that who would do the cold call. So, oh, okay. so that helped where more of the professors, except one, she had flashcards. And so she would just flip through and randomly call people throughout. So then you would be more focused on when she was going to call you that day. So then you're not paying attention to anything she said prior. Yeah. So I know nothing about law school. I don't know how any of it works. But what you just described about learning a little bit about like criminal law and then civil law, you know, like kind of learning different areas. Um, I'm going to compare it to Grey's Anatomy. Is it kind of like when you you go in as just like everyone's on the same, like learning the same material, just like general like intern or whatever. And then as you go and kind of learn a little about everything, then you decide like what you want your special to be, specialty to be and you like go into that. Is that kind of how it works where you guys learn about all different types of law and then later decide kind of which area to go into or to specialize in? Yes. So it's kind of like the way it was described to me is it's kind of like a hill. So like your first, so you've got six semesters of law school, your first three, you're like building up. So you're going up. So you're learning the basics. Everyone learns the exact same class as your first year. So you have no freedom to pick and choose. Um, and those classes are really the fundamentals. So you learn, you know, intro to criminal law, you're learning contract law, you're learning tort law, you're learning, you know, professionalism, um, you learn how to like, how to research and how to type and legal writing and things like that. Then your second semester, your first or your second year, your first semester of your second year are still required classes. So you all take the same classes for that. And then after that, you get a little bit more freedom. So you still have certain requirements that you have to meet your third year, but you get to pick when you complete those and you get to do electives. The only tricky part is you have the bar. So that's 
what you're ultimately working hard is so you can pass the bar at the end of school. And you have classes that are bar classes. So that's mm-hmm. things that could potentially be on the bar. So like I had no intent of going into criminal law. However, criminal law is tested on a bar. So mm-hmm. I had to take electives that would help me on that part of the bar. So I had to take like three criminal procedure classes. Mm-hmm. So you do get to pick electives, but you have to be kind of smart and strategic about it. So like I'm in real estate law and I never took a real estate law course in law mm-hmm. school because that's not on the bar as mm-hmm. prevalent as family law and criminal law and contract law. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Do you know how I um, have already cited Legally Blonde and Grey's Anatomy because you're, so smart. You. you're smart and went to law school and I went to theater school and sat around <laughs> watching TV shows and movies instead. Um, just kidding. I worked hard too, but yes, different, different kind of hard. <laughs> totally different. Different kind of hard. Different animal. Uh, amazing. So, wow. Law school's crazy. Like, yeah. I always knew it was crazy, but it's like crazy, crazy. So, kudos to you for graduating. We well love that. Thank um, you. And you mentioned it briefly, but obviously at the end of law school, you take the bar exam, which is like how mm-hmm. you can legally practice law in whatever state it is that you're taking the bar in. Um, what, so you mentioned taking classes for the bar, but what was the actual test like? Like, how'd you feel? How'd it go? And then what, how did it feel when you got like your results and you were like, yes, I'm a lawyer. Yay. So yes. So the bar is, it's funny because they tell you about it and you know, it's coming, but it's still kind of a surprise. You're like, oh God, Um, yeah, you're like, I'm not prepared for this. And you, obviously like you take your classes all through law school and then your last semester it's really not fair because you don't take as many classes your last semester because they're like you need to prepare for life after law school so you I think I took 10 credit hours my last semester which was crazy and then you graduate and then you get a week of being a graduate and then you start bar prep so bar prep was 10 weeks That's not a very, that's a very fast turnaround. (laughs) Yes. So it was like, yay, I graduated, but also I have, I have to take more school to take the bar exam, (laughs) to take another test. Good Lord. Exactly. And this one's like the most important test you'll ever take. And so the way bar prep works is you sign up for a course that's done through a third company. So you don't take it through the school. Um, So it's just added money which is great. And you didn't already pay enough money for law school. Exactly. You get to pay now for another company and you, I would wake up. I mean, it really differs, but you would watch usually three to four hours of lecture, take a lunch break. And then you would have like assignments to do in the afternoon. So whether it be essays or multiple choice, and then you get to the bar exam which because of COVID was a little bit different for us. So normally in the state of Georgia, everyone takes the bar exam in this big open room. So everyone that's taking it in the whole state takes it together. The whole state, oh good Lord. Yes. So we had it remote. So it was on the computer and they recorded you and there was a proctor and they would flag any sort of movements. Well, with me, I was scared about having access to internet that was like stable mm. um so a lot of my classmates and I we all took it at the school so we 
would find different places in the school and like camp out and take it. So it was a two day exam. The first day was from, you had, it was split into two sections. So in the morning you took it from, you had an hour and a half essay. You took a break, which was like 10 minutes or probably about 30 minutes. Then you took another hour and a half essay. Then you had a lunch break. And then you had essays from, I think it was like two to 5.30 was the second set of essays. That's Mm -hmm. a lot. That's too much writing. No, thank you. That's like, I remember thinking AP exams were long. Like that's like like AP exams on steroids and growth, other growth hormones. Good Lord. That's like taking five AP exams in one day and then having to come back and take five more. Like that's terrible. Oh, it was awful. And I remember like, so the second section, you were allowed to bring notes in because they were like, it's remote. And this was all Georgia essays. So it was all Georgia case law. But you don't even have time to look at your notes because you had in that time period, you had four essays and each essay had subparts. So for, I mean, I was right. I can't even remember now how much I wrote, but it was insane and I didn't finish no one finishes it's designed for that so I finished that submitted it went and I had already moved out of my apartment in Macon so I was staying with some friends and I remember we were just like all sat on the porch and just stared at each other because we were just like how are we supposed to do this again tomorrow just like completely zogged out I could oh yeah yeah and so then you go to sleep you wake up and the next day is all multiple choice. Ooh. So you do nine, it's t- overall 200 questions split into four different sections. That's too many questions. Exactly. So by the time I pressed submit that second day, I was just exhausted. I mean, and then it's the questions are designed to trick you. Um, so you leave I mean I don't know a single person that felt like they passed afterwards like we all thought we failed you're like what did I just read is my brain okay I don't think so that is so stressful and then you you like sit with everyone and they start talking about the questions and there were several questions where we all picked different answers nice no mm-hmm. you're like cool awesome that's really good oh yeah wow so it is it is very stressful. And then, so you submit that. And so I took the bar July 27th and 28th. Submit that. I didn't get my results until October 22nd. Three months? So stressful. Why oh do they God. do that to you? I mean, okay, I guess I didn't realize that the bar was so many essays. So I guess it makes sense. It would take a while to like Great. And like that, every like, potential lawyer in the state. That's yeah. like a lot. Okay. Yeah, so I get it. Yeah. But still, that's torture. That's terrible. It's horrible. <sighs> it is awful. And so I the day that bar results came out, I told work, I was like, listen, I, I can't be in work. I will not be emotionally a- available all day. I'm very sorry. I am going to be crying. Yeah. One way oh, or yeah. the other. Yeah, either way. I was convinced that I did not pass like truly convinced and so I even told my parents because they wanted to be here and I was like nope I don't want anyone around me I need to be alone private (laughs) yeah so that morning 
no one knows what time they're going to drop. They don't tell you that. They just say it's going to drop on the 22nd. Why is this whole thing designed to be terrible? Good lord. This is literally the Hunger Games. Like, I am upset for you guys. Absolutely psychological warfare. That's very rude. Yeah, it it is jail jail time for, yes, I agree. Anyway, continue. It's truly terrible. And so (sighs) I was sitting there and I kept refreshing because you get an email that says they're um, out and then you go and you have to log on to your bar page. And so I remember I, I kept refreshing. I was like, it's not happening. So I was like, okay, I'll just take a shower. Maybe it'll be like when you're at a restaurant and you go to the bathroom and your food comes. I was like, okay, yeah. I'll be in the shower and I'll have it. <laughs> and it did it. And so I remember it's like 10 o'clock and my friend texted me and she was like, they've started sending out results. <gasps> I was like, okay, my last name is Dan. I'm at the beginning of the alphabet. So like I should get mine soon. And it was within like, I think it was at 10 or seven. I got the email. And so I went to log on and I was like shaking so bad. I kept putting in my password wrong. Oh, I logged on and you, I thought it would like pop up, but you have to go into a nut, like your inbox and you have to open it up. There's no like pop up that says congratulations. I was going to say there should just be confetti and like a big old flashing box that says congrats. You You did it. You would think, but it is. And then you open up and it's a sheet of paper. And I just remember I saw my score first and I was like, okay, but it only shows you part of the score. Like it didn't show like the full score yet. And then I saw congratulations. You've been like, you're eligible to practice state or law in the state of Georgia. And I was like, Thank God. But I thought it was fake. I was like, there's no way. I thought I misread it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go walk around my apartment really quickly. And then I'll come back and take a lap. Mm -hmm. Take a lap. Give them time to change their minds. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And my phone's like blowing up because everyone's wondering if I passed or not. And I finally, I sat back down and I saw it. And then I just remember feeling like it was truly like a weight had been lifted. Oh, yeah. and I just started crying I was sobbing. I, yeah I was just saying I would have immediately burst into tears same because you worked for four years basically at that point like yeah. could you of course you're excited you passed god I like knew yeah. what the end of that story was gonna be and I still <laughs> felt so stressed like I literally was sitting here being like I'm sweating I'm like shaking I'm like so nervous and I knew that you were gonna say that you passed because I know that you passed but I was still freaking out so maybe they should make this a less anxiety inducing experience for yeah. all involved that you would think cool. well and if you don't pass you don't get another chance to take it until February which puts you into May until you realize if you passed or not. Oh my gosh. So that's yeah. like so a it, year that you could end up losing. What happens? Do you get fired from your job at a law office? It depends. Um, a lot of them don't fire, okay. but you don't mess. You can't practice as an attorney. Right. So a lot of them will either um, you go down to working as a paralegal which means your salary also gets cut too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have to put on top of that, now you have to take another bar prep course. So you have to, you can't put in the same hours and you have to pay for it. Oh um, so I had already, I had kept asking my bosses as we, cause I was like, hey, what happens if you don't pass? <laughs> just theoretically, not asking for any particular reason, of course, just asking for a friend. For a friend. Yeah, okay. yeah just wondering. <laughs> 
and no one would answer me. They would just kept being like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And I was like, I don't think you understand. You're like, I'm sorry. Did you take the bar? Do you remember? I need to know what happens to me. Exactly. So thankfully I did not have to figure it out. And I think I would have been fine. My job, they're great. But in that moment, I remember I would text my mom and be like, no one's answering me. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? I don't oh know. Gosh. Wow. But you passed on the first try. So it doesn't you matter. Woo-hoo! Did it, baby. Yeah. And now you're a full blown lawyer. A full blown lawyer in the good old state of Georgia, yes. working for yeah. a law firm, which is very, very exciting. Um, so we've gone through the stages. We've gone through undergrad. We've gone through law school. We've gone through the bar. And now you are a practicing lawyer in Georgia. Yay. What, it, what kind of law are you practicing? What does your job entail? How's it going? Do you like it? Tell us a little about it. <laughs> how, how do you feel? Are how you, you happy? Feel? How are, are you doing? Are you taking your vitamins? Um. Make sure you're taking your vitamins. That's very important. Probably should take my vitamins more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, so I am a closing attorney which means that in the state of Georgia, the way that real estate transactions work is you have to have an attorney involved on the front end. Not every state is like that. Um, I know Florida, you don't have to have an attorney. You can have just a title company to your closing. Mm -hmm. Um, But Georgia, you have to have an attorney. So what we do is the second that someone puts in an offer on a house and that offer gets accepted, a contract is drawn up. And that contract gets sent to us. And from then on, typically, there are many exceptions to this, but typically, (laughs) once you get that contract, you have 30 days to close the transaction. Mm. And so at every real estate firm in Georgia is a little bit different. Our firm is very hands-on. So as an attorney, we have teams. And so our team is, we have the same clients that come to us time after time. And our clients are the agents. That's who we're primarily working with. Mm. And we start, and when you get that contract, you have to do a title search to make sure that title is clear, which means that no one, no random person can come in and claim that land is their land or their property. And so we start from that point and we get payoffs. We have to schedule it. Um, A lot of And right now with the market, you have a lot of LLCs that are buying up properties. Mm -hmm. So you have to review their documents and make sure that everything is above board. Because again, having to have an attorney involved on the front end, we have to make sure that everything is okay. Because if something goes wrong, it's on us. It's not on, whereas in, you know, say Florida, that could be on the agents. It could be on the people. Here, we're kind of the finalized before it gets closed. So then once you get to the end of the contract, hopefully all the problems are fixed, you have the closing. And so I represent the bank in a closing, which is nice. So like I've got buyer and seller and I don't represent either one of them. So if they start arguing, if they start negotiating, I am Switzerland. I can't advise anyone to do anything. That's great. I'm just here. For the money. Exactly. Yeah. And then the bank is who I represent. So I just make sure that all their loan documents are valid. Everyone's signing. And then someone gets a house out of the deal and the other person gets money. 
Wow. It's a pretty cool job. Yeah. yeah. There's there's no losers here, it sounds yeah. like. Like, oh. everybody walks away pretty happy, generally. <laughs> exactly. And so, for me, in law school, I realized I love talking to people. I am not a shy person. However, I do not like being in a courtroom. Being in front of a judge is terrifying. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And... The few times that I had to do like oral arguments, my whole neck would be so red. I would be sweating. And I was like, okay, I cannot be a litigation attorney. It's just not for me. It's a lot. Exactly. But I also didn't want to be a purely transactional attorney because I didn't want to sit in front of a computer all day. Yeah. That's also not me. Like I need to be up. I need to be moving. And so with this job, I love it because I get to interact with people. Mm -hmm. I get to do... I get to be a lawyer, like I'm doing a lawyer's job, but people like me and <laughs> Nobody's they're mad happy. At you. Exactly. And you're if someone's yelling at me, you're not working for any bad guys, you're doing great. True. Exactly. And then if you get that random person that's mad at you, most of these transactions are done after 30 days. So you don't right. have to see them again. Don't do them again. Yeah. So it's perfect. Um, so yeah, that's what I do. And I love nice. it. I work at a firm with all women lawyers. Hey, yes. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's very fun. And yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Well, I think and that's cool. It's cool to hear about that too, because I feel like, you know, you watch law and order, you watch anything on TV. A lot of those are like, you know, the in, in courtroom attorneys. And like, I have a friend, she is, she works for a nonprofit and she does like nonprofit law stuff. So she's a lot of, there's a lot of like good guys and bad guys there too, so to speak. So it's nice to hear about the other side of law and like the different sides of law where you're not necessarily arguing with someone. You're just like, you're just making sure that the rules get followed. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's something I didn't really know existed until I would say even my second or third year of law school, Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I'm going to have to graduate law school and I'm going to have to go into personal injury, which there's nothing wrong with personal injury. It's just, again, it's not for me. And real estate really wasn't on my radar until I think I graduated in May and around May was when I started thinking maybe real estate law is what I should do. Hmm. So I've learned it and I'm still learning, but from the ground up, when I started that job, I had no idea what anything was. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's when I did my interview, one of the partners, she looked at me, she's like, this is happy law. People are happy. And I was like, that is great for me because it sounds wonderful. It's wonderful. If someone cries, I will cry with them. So I'm like, I cannot be, I cannot be in a courtroom. I cannot be in criminal law. I will be just very upset all the time. That's fair. Oh, yes. I would love the part where I got to like stand up in front of people and like, you know, perform. That's my grandma. Like, oh my gosh, my grandma, you guys called me during the height of the pandemic and was like, do you want to go to law school? And I was like, "Mm, no, No, not really. It sounds hard. And I don't think I want to be a lawyer. But she was like, but it's performing. And I'm like, listen, I hear you, but I'm with you. The second someone cried or like, I had to be like really stern and be like, I am interrogating you. Like I would just, I would feel bad. And then I would crack under the pressure. So (laughs) It wouldn't go well. Or like someone would yell at me and I'd be like, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Just like, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not cut out for it. But I want to go back to something you said just a minute ago made me, um, it was actually like the perfect segue into our next question. 
because you mentioned you're at an all-female law firm, which I feel like is really cool and not the norm at all, I think, from an outsider's perspective. Um, And we looked up a statistic. Let's see. It says, in 2020, statistics show that only about 37% of lawyers in the U.S. were women, which, you know, it doesn't sound like that low of a number, but when you think of the other end of that, that's a lot of people who are not women who are practicing law. So I imagine when you're a woman practicing law, you feel outnumbered a lot of the time. Um, So what is it like to kind of work in such a male dominated field in general, but then also to have that flip side of it where your job and your office is completely female, which is like a unicorn, I feel like what is what is that kind of like? It it's wild. Um, So I don't feel like I ever like I've always been like, independent women like that's amazing but I don't think I really ever saw the extent of being in a male dominated field until law school Mm. and it's interesting because at my law school we actually were about I think we had 52 percent female so we had more females in our class than males which was awesome Mm -hmm. so my first year that's kind of what I saw and I was like oh people talk about you know there's not that many women lawyers, but look at this. Yeah. And then I started working. Maybe you left law school and you're like, oh no. <laughs> exactly. And you see it. And so my first summer, I was an intern um, actually in Panama City. And the firm I worked for was great. They were wonderful. But when we would work with other firms or we would go to court and I would see it. And I mean, I already... I'm a woman, so I'm already kind of, people don't expect, immediately think lawyer when they look at me. I also look really young and I'm also all of like five, two. (laughs) So the amount of times we would walk into a courtroom and people would ask if I was the court reporter, they would think I was the assistant, (sighs) things like that happen. And at first I was like, oh, that's funny. Ha ha. And then I would look at the women lawyers and they've been in this for 15, 20 years, and they're still getting asked that. Mm-hmm. And what I saw was not when we would go into, say, a mediation and there was a client, I have I saw it many times where the people would direct their questions to whatever man was in the room, regardless of if he was an attorney, they would direct their questions to him. And you think it's just, it's crazy that that still happens. Yeah. And so within working in a male dominated field, I will say people, I think you have to work a lot harder mm-hmm. um, to get to certain opportunities. I think, especially like in law school, people, I mean, I heard women are emotional. Women are too emotional to litigate oh and Is to do all these. 1975. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And I will say, I think with our generation, I I never really felt like there was necessarily an issue with the majority of my classmates that were male. I felt like they saw us as equals, but I do think there are a lot of older lawyers who are still practicing. And I do think that they look at it as more of a, she's going to be a lawyer until she has kids. And I've had that happen where I've had people ask me, well, what are you going to do when you have kids? Well, first, I don't know. Like, I haven't thought about it. And and a man doesn't get that question. Like, he doesn't get asked that because it's just assumed that he'll work. So I think there's, like, there's little things. I do think that it's getting better. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but then, yeah, so I saw this ad come up for the firm that they were hiring for a lawyer and I did not want to live in Atlanta. So I never really looked at Atlanta jobs. And then this one I saw in their little spiel, it says, you know, we are an all women law firm. And I was like, that sounds pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Like, well, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, all right, that sounds great. And it's really incredible to see. So we've got three, we have two founding partners, a junior partner, and then two associates that have been there and then me, which I guess now I'm an associate, but Mm. we're all women and they are all moms and they get to have a nice work-life balance because that's the thing is each other understands that, right? When you have all male partners, I know a lot of women are a little bit more intimidated by asking, hey, my kid has such and such, can I go? Mm-hmm. Because it's just not as understanding. Yeah. Um, so it is very unique. It's very, it's, we have a lot of fun. Um, and I think too, being women, we handle certain situations a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So we're more of a team environment. It's not a competitive environment like a lot of law firms are. Yeah. Um, granted, we also are transactional. So that helps a little bit. You don't have to worry about like certain things that you'd have to worry about in litigation. But it's definitely, I mean, I think women attorneys, I think that we do, we have to fight a lot harder for respect. Whereas I feel like men can walk into a law firm and immediately they gain that respect just because of how they walk in. Whereas women may be a little bit more timid because we have to be careful not to be labeled as bossy or emotional or all of the things. Also, like, I am bossy and emotional. Like, why do those have to be bad things? Okay. It's called being a leader and being empathetic. Like, why do we have to label them as bossy and emotional? Okay. I'm sorry that I'm in touch with my emotions and also a good leader. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It just, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. As your fellow emotional bossy pants, um, I just, I, and, but it's, you're right. Like men don't get labeled as that. No one is like, oh, wow. Like you're so bossy. It's like, no, they consider that a good leader or, you know, he's very assertive or he's very, like he takes charge. No one's like, why is he bossing people around? But women get labeled as like a shrew or bossy or whatever, uptight. And it's just like, yeah, just don't, I'll go down like a whole rabbit hole with this if I, if I get going, but it just, it really is frustrating. Yeah. But it is good to hear that, that, like, you have found a place where it's all women who, like, understand and it feels like, you know, things are, the younger generation seems to be doing a little better in terms of, like, you know, treating people equally. Yeah. Um. So we just got to wait for all the old people to retire and then maybe we'll be good. I would say the only thing that I really saw in school that I've also seen even working as a, with all women lawyers is when I walk into a room sometimes and I saw this in law school and I thought, oh, this is just going to be there. It's not going to happen in the real world. But when, you know, the quote unquote mansplaining, that happens frequently where you say something and then it, someone needs to be, but you just don't say it loud enough or you don't for whatever reason. And someone chooses it and then they turn around and they try to explain it. And it's like, I, I just said that. You just said that. Exactly. So that's the part that I think that's not I have not seen that change quite yet but Mm -hmm. I I think that it's 
it's coming. I have faith. We're getting there. Yeah. Step by step. Well, and we just interviewed um, our our last episode, actually, Dr. Stella Kafka. She was so cool. She's like a female astronomer and scientist and head of this big international astronomy organization. She was very, very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But we asked her about this. We were like, you know, this is, a you know, astronomy and just the sciences in general are very male dominated. And like, what do you kind of want to see change about um, this industry and about, you know, women in this industry? And she was like, I would love for us to get to a point where we don't have to ask this question anymore, like about women in STEM, where it's just like an accepted and normal thing. And so I feel like we'll know we've made it when this podcast can be canceled and we can stop asking people what it's like to be a woman working in their field because it will just be normal. It'll just be the thing. (laughs) Agreed. Well, wow, I've learned so much about the lawyer system in this country. <laughs> I've learned that I will never be attending law school. That is simply not for me. No, um, and I am so glad that you passed the bar the first time because good Lord, you deserve it. Everyone should just pass the bar. Well, no, yeah. that's not true. That's not true because <laughs> I feel like some people definitely should not. But I'm glad you did. And I'm glad that you don't have to worry about that anymore. And you're in a very cool law firm and you're killing it. Well done. Yay, Madison. Thank you. Um, Our last question of our like serious section is just, I'm sure you have a lot and I'm sure you've heard a bunch, but what is the best piece of advice that you can give to any undergrad who doesn't know what she's doing and wants to get into law or just anyone looking to get into the lawyer field? What is the best advice that you can give to them? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I think the best advice I can give is just to do it. And what I mean by that is you can wait, but if you're waiting because you're scared, there's a difference between waiting until you're prepared and waiting because you're scared, right? So if you're waiting until you're prepared, you're out there, you're getting, because applying to law school, you do need to have, you know, your LSAT, you need to have, you don't have to have a certain undergrad required, like major, which I think is confusing because I think a lot of people think you need to do political science. So my, uh, my advice would be whatever makes you happy in undergrad, do that because law schools care way more about your grades and your extracurriculars. Mm. Just be involved, be happy, and then just do it. If you're going to take off time, make sure that you are still putting in the effort because it's really, really hard to get back into the swing of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just do it. Like, just because you don't have anyone in your family that's a lawyer, just because you don't have any friends, you don't know what you're doing, I promise you, no one can be prepared for law school. I don't care if everyone in your family is a lawyer and they've told you everything until you're sitting there, there's no way you can prepare. And I wish looking back, I had realized that everyone is on equal playing field. They tell you that, but you don't believe it. But it's true. Everyone is on equal playing field. And the people that come into law school and they're like, I'm going to kill it because such and such told me exactly what's going to be on that final. Well, guess what? Every professor is different. How they grade is different. And I think for me, I'm always that person where I overthink everything. And I really had to just kind of put that aside because you can't, you just have to go in, know that you're not going to know everything, know that that's okay know that the way law school is set up is so different than anything you've ever done in your life. So your exams are different. Your papers are different. The way you interact with professors is different. 
So just realize you can't be prepared. You're going to go in and that's okay. And you're going to learn. Yeah. It's going to be rough, but it's going to be fine. I love that. If I can do it, I promise anyone is able to do it. Okay. You say that as if you're not one of the smartest people that I know, but okay. Like I, I get the, I get the idea. You're like, yeah, you can all do it. Believe in yourself. But like, also Madison is very smart. She regularly led the field for all of us in high school. We were all just like chasing Madison's grades. Um, so (laughs) even the smart kids were like trying to be, uh, as good as Madison and like getting the same grades. So, um all right so like lauren said that kind of wraps up our more serious questions and now we get on to rapid ish fire don't panic doesn't actually have to be rapid i don't know why we named it that i guess because the questions are shorter or whatever comes to your mind who knows um but one question that we ask everyone who comes on our podcast because of course this is the leading lady club um we want to know what does being a leading lady mean to you and that can be in your life in your career day to day, what does it mean to you uh, to be a leading lady? I think being a leading lady comes from just having confidence in yourself in every, like in anything you do. But on the other side of that, knowing that it's okay to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes we get so caught up in this life of, oh, if you're independent and you're a strong woman, you have to always be independent. You have to always be strong. You can never ask for help. And I think that it's really important to realize that the way that you become successful is to make mistakes and to ask for help. And that's okay. It's about how you take that mistake, how you take that problem and you learn from it. So I think being a leading lady is just, you've got to do what's best for you. You've got to be confident and ask for help when you need it. Mm, I love that. Okay, sound bite. You don't have she to said, do everything yourself. Yeah, amen. Exactly. Like you can be independent, but you can also, it's also okay to need someone to help you. And it's, it's not a bad thing and it doesn't show weakness to ask for help. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I love that. That's good. Good job. Yeah. Um, so knowing that that is your definition of a leading lady, who are some of the leading ladies in your life? And I always tell people this can be people you don't know that you just look up to, celebrities, friends, family, it can be whatever that means to you. But who are some of uh, your leading ladies? Well, first is, and she's, I will always sing her praises, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg is probably yes. like, number one I know Uh, you can see like the little like bobblehead I have of her like right there hey girl but I think she's definitely I mean she literally fought for everything that women can do right now so I think she's like my quote-unquote famous one yeah and then I think other than that I it's really cool to see all of the women that I've been friends with for probably the last I would say since the last like 10 or 11 years and every single friend I have that is a female inspires me in some way Mm -hmm. because I think we all grew up in a time where it was okay women are allowed to do these things and we're allowed to feel these things and we're allowed to be loud and we're allowed to fight and it's really cool to have seen like you're doing your thing in Broadway and that's awesome and exciting and then we have friends who are in med school and then we have friends who went to you know the army and air force and there being all these things so I think that's really cool and then I think I also look at all of our moms and I think yeah it is 
really cool. Like our group of friends, our moms are amazing and they've raised amazing children and are so supportive. I think sometimes it can be easy for to just do things the way they've always been done. And I feel like a lot of our moms broke that mold and Mm -hmm. said, okay, this is how things were done for us, but we're going to have raised our girls to be strong and independent. And I know my mom, my mom's the most supportive person you could ever meet. Yeah. And so she's always been there. And I think she's, she's definitely someone that inspires me frequently. She's the best. I hope she's listening. Oh, you know she will. <laughs> of course. I mean, duh. How could I even say such a thing? Oh, goodness. Um, all right. So here's my favorite question to ask everyone who comes on the podcast since episode one. Don't ask me why, but I'm obsessed with this question. So this could be a little similar, I guess, to your one of your answers in the last question. But if you could throw a dinner party and invite three people living or dead, who would you invite? Okay. Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes. I approve. Because obsessed. Duh. Um, RBG. Yes. Because also obsessed. Oh, I would love to see them in a room together. Oh my gosh. Think of like, just the, like, I wouldn't say anything. I would just sit there and listen. I would start a tape recorder. I'd be like, doop. (laughs) Just let them go. Mm -hmm. What's going on? And then, ooh, number three. Let's think about this. Someone... It also doesn't have to be women. It can be, but like it can be. One of mine is Billy Joe Armstrong. So it's true. Ooh, that's a good one. I would say, okay, this is very cliche, but I don't even care. I would love to have, especially in this room, because it's Taylor Swift, RBG, me, who does not deserve to be there. (laughs) And Obama. Wow, that would be incredible. Can I come? (laughs) Yeah, can I come too? Like, they can just, like, I just feel like sitting there, because I feel like all three of them would just have the most wisdom and the best oh, advice. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's, that's, that's a really good one. That's really good. It's a little similar to my three, but I picked the other Obama. I picked Michelle and then Taylor. And then who's my third? Oh, Reese Witherspoon. Duh. It was Amelia Earhart yeah. a little bit. I know. I feel so bad. I thought that I was so clever. I was like, I'm going to have an interesting one that makes me sound smart. And so it was really like, I actually would love to meet Amelia Earhart and be like, girl, what happened to you? Like, tell me everything. Where'd you go? Also, like, thanks for being an inspiration, girl. Like, we love you. Um, But then I was like, I didn't have Taylor Swift in my dinner party. I couldn't believe that I would have that sort of lapse in judgment. So I had to boot Amelia Earhart. I felt kind of bad, but oh well. I mean, it would be nice to have like a I'm really into true crime. So like having some of those people and be like, so who actually killed him? Yeah, we've had some people on here who've said that before, who just like sit down with like John Benet Ramsey and like several others and be like, okay, so start to finish, what happened? (laughs) What happened? That would be, that would be pretty cool. Um, All right, I love that. Well done. You nailed the dinner party question. Um, All right, lastly of the Rapidish Fire question, we have been talking for months, if not longer, with our friend Gabe from high school about having a girls trip or like a girls weekend all getting together. We all three live in different places. So we have talked about just meeting up at, at one of our home cities. But for the sake of this question, just humor me. Pretend money is no object, time off of work is no object, a global pandemic is no object. If we could have our girls weekend anywhere in the world, where would we go? 
Ooh, okay. I feel like, and I don't, I don't really have a good reason for this, but I feel like we would have the best time in Greece. <gasps> That's at the top of my travel. Oh, Mamma Mia trip. Wait. Right? Seriously, Mamma Mia, though. Like, what? That's such a good answer. I didn't even think of that one. I was like, she's going to say, like, I don't know, Spain, so we can, like, give it, like be the a cheetah girls. girls moment. Cheetah girls moment, like, obviously. <laughs> or, like, like um, we're going to go to, like, France and, like, sip wine in the mountains or something. But then Greece, I love that. We're going to have our Mamma Mia weekend. Wow. I know. And like, I'm thinking of like Gabe's style and the way she That's dresses true. would She's be She's very boho perfect. chic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Maybe if she could, could style us. She would have to, yeah. honestly, because I live in hoodies and sweatpants. Yeah. So she would absolutely have to. I would need a lot of help from her. So she is definitely the fashion icon of the three of us. But uh, everybody's got to have their queen. She is a disco queen. That's true. We could play so much ABBA. We could... Yeah waltz around we could drink a lot of wine and pretend to be Meryl Streep it would be great wow I think it's a great plan this is my new dream <laughs> I didn't know that I needed a new dream but now I have one um all right well now we have come to the final portion of our interview and also our favorite portion of the interview the BuzzFeed quiz of the week because we are trash millennials who love a good BuzzFeed quiz um so I have chosen this one I'm gonna put it in the chat um if you would like to follow along please feel free but I'll also click your answers for you if you don't feel like actually participating um but this quiz is called Choose some Southern food and we'll tell you which Reese Witherspoon character you are because there are several reasons. One, obviously Southern food. We're from the South. Duh. We love food. We literally ate a Cracker Barrel together last week. So amazing. I right? But I feel like it's important to put this caveat. They did not have hash brown casserole and I was depressed. That is Tragedy. True. That was Why? a serious issue. We almost left, but we were like, you know what? what? We're already here. We're it's, here. It was pouring outside. So we were like, fine, we'll stay, but we're very upset with you. Um, also, right. Caitlin was very concerned because the parking lot was full there were like five cars there. Okay, That's listen, I didn't drive around to the front. I only saw it from the side and the side was very full. Okay. Oh, it, I thought that it was going to be packed, but then it was it was not it was but just that's beside normal. the point okay we've moved on with our lives right yes <laughs> yes um okay yes so we love southern food i know this about us and reese witherspoon our southern girl and hello legally blonde duh so we're gonna see if you get legally blonde or sweet home alabama or some other iconic reese uh character but we're gonna have to choose a lot of food to get there. So Great. I will read the questions. Lauren will read the answer options. Maybe we should switch on this one. Lauren, do you know all this Southern food? No, um, I'm not, and I don't live under a rock. <laughs> I can name Southern food. Okay, sorry. I, just I can also know. read. I didn't know. I know. That's why that's secretly don't tell everyone. Just kidding. This is recording. Um, but I secretly decided when we started doing these that Lauren was gonna read the answer options because she's smarter than I am. And I was like, what if I get to a word and I'm like, I don't know how and to I say it? I don't that. know how to say it. <laughs> and sometimes I also just panic. So <laughs> Okay, so this is why. This is the real reason why Lauren reads the answers and I read the, and I read the question. Um, okay, so here we go. First, choose a food. All right. Either fried chicken, chicken fried steak, shrimp and grits, or jambalaya. Fried chicken. Yes, well done. 
Glad I'm eating dinner after this because I'm already hungry. Same. Also, I love how I'm pretty sure every question might just be choose a food. So again, choose a food. (laughs) Either cornbread, mac and cheese, fried green tomatoes, or biscuits and gravy. That's hard. uh, That is really hard. That one's really Mm -hmm. hard. I think I'm going to go with biscuits and gravy. Yeah, I think that's what I would say too. Cornbread would be like close second and I do love fried tomatoes but all right (laughs) choose a food (laughs) either hush puppies collard greens fried okra or succotash oh hush puppies good Mm. choice fried okra is one of my favorite foods ever though I do love fried okra um okay ready for this question (gasps) choose a food (laughs) wow (laughs) wow either a pole boy Country ham, fried catfish, or chitlins. Okay, I actually don't know what chitlins are. What is a chitlin? Do you know what that is? Right. I that feels like some backwoods. Definitely eaten them. I'm gonna say that feels like a backwoods Louisiana thing. Like that's I think that's a different kind of southern food than we've got, but yeah. To each their own. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with po boy. I do know it's a po boy. Okay, ready for this question? Choose a food. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. I know. Either you're shocked. Shocked. Either boiled peanuts, deviled eggs, cornbread muffins, or mashed potatoes and gravy. I don't think mashed potatoes and gravy is specifically southern, but okay. Watch your tongue, you Ohioan. Yes. We mashed potatoes and gravy are my favorite food of all time. We 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 invented gravy. Okay, back off. Okay. Um. Okay. Next question. (laughs) Choose a food. (laughs) Either only two options: red beans and rice, or black eyed peas. Oh, red beans and rice. Mm-hmm. I get that. <laughs> Whenever we go to Popeye's, I get the red beans and rice instead of the fries because their red beans and rice is very good. But I did also eat it in Louisiana, so it was authentic. Thank goodness. I was, say, I was like, I'm going to keep shaking my head if you keep. No, I've had the real thing Popeyes. all as well. Okay. Popeye's is also delicious. It is Popeyes delicious. Is delicious. But like, if that's the only Southern food you've had, you haven't had no, it. No, no. I've had legit, yeah. like, I had an oyster oh. po'boy in Louisiana, and it was. And delicious. you came to Panama City, and I did come to Panama City, and we ate a lot of seafood. We did. That is true. Yeah, that's all um, you really eat there. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. All right. Lastly, choose a food. Oh, we're on desserts. Either okay. a moon pie, a peach pie, a pecan pie, or a cobbler. Just a cobbler. I know. I'm like, oh. which one though? Apple is it like blueberry yeah. cobbler, peach cobbler? Like, that's we need to. Know Honestly, that, but... it doesn't really matter because all cobblers are good. So I'm gonna go cobbler. That's true. That was a very good choice. All right, and the answer is, oh, interesting. This is a little bit of a left field one for me. Uh, Annette Hargrove from Cruel Intentions, which I what? actually have never seen. I know it's terrible. weird. It's yeah, weird. yeah. It's wow, good, okay. I was weird. really hoping we'd get yeah. like Sweet Home Alabama or like Legally Blonde or like one of her cute, fun Southern roles, but um, or like you yeah, know, just the, the no, lawyer we got, role. We got the one where she falls in love with her stepbrother instead. So yeah, that's weird. That's okay. obviously that's Obvious. obviously perfect. I feel like that's a Southern joke. I feel like there's a Southern joke, <laughs> and I no. and I don't I don't like it. It's not a good joke. It's no, a bad, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tired joke. People, come on. Come on. Okay, well that didn't quite give me the result that I wanted, but deep down in my heart, you're legally blonde, Reese Witherspoon, because you are a lawyer. Yeah, baby. And I bet you hey, have I'll a mean bend and snap. So there we go. I mean, I've practiced it since I was what? When did that come out? We were like, what? Oh my gosh, I think it came out in like 2001. 
it's it's old it's very old yeah i I can remember watching it when i was way too young to have oh absolutely absolutely. yeah Yeah. by now we have all perfected the bended snap but oh yeah Oh, I love it. Oh my goodness, Madison, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so fun. I'm so proud of you. I say this all the time, but like one of the best things to come out of this podcast has just been like getting to gush on all my amazing friends and like getting to see them as the wonderful adult, amazing, successful career woman that all of my friends have turned into, um, especially ones I have known for many, many moons. So it is so nice to have you on here. I'm so proud of you and I'm just glad that you would come on here so that I could gush about you on a public platform. So thank you for giving me that honor. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. I am so proud of y'all. Like, look at you. Y'all are doing great things. So thank you. Thanks, friend. You're the best. We're all killing it. Good job, everybody. Go women. Yes, we love to see it. All right, Madison, you are welcome back to the podcast anytime, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Man, it just never gets old having friends that I love and respect on this show. It's just so cool. She's literally a whole flipping attorney at law. Like, what? She's literally a lawyer. And if you don't think that if I ever get into an argument with someone one day that I am not going to be telling them, um... Would you like to speak to my lawyer? I will. Text I'm going to be like, Madison, how do you know anything about this kind of law? <laughs> I'm be like, hey, remember when you said, no, I'm a real estate lawyer. And she's going to be like, I literally do real estate closing. I'm like, yeah, but remember the bar? Remember remember that section of the bar? Do you remember? You know this. You know this. I know you do. Uh, I'll literally be like, I'll be, you'll be hearing from my lawyer. That's that's the phrase. That's the phrase. I'll be like, oh, you'll, you'll be, hearing be hearing from my lawyer. And then I'll be like, right. Madison, can you please pretend that you know anything about this kind of law? And yes. she'll be like, yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, so that's just so cool. I'm just so impressed by her. I just think she's so intelligent and strong and smart. Anyway, shout out to Madison. Definitely a leading lady. So glad that she came on the pod with us and that we got to chat a little bit. All right, Lauren, I think that is enough of my rambling for sure, at least for this week. Next week, I'll have a whole I'll have a whole new round of rambling for next week's episode. But for now, would you like to tell the people where they can find, follow, and support us? Yes, you can follow us on Instagram at Leading Lady Club. You can also find us on our website at leadingladyclub.com. We post all of our podcast episodes there, as well as anywhere else you can listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the other ones. Uh, you can subscribe to us everywhere. You can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a nice review telling us how wonderful we are and how much you missed us. And tune in next week where we no doubt talk about the Olympics and whatever else strikes our fancy that whatever, particular day. Whatever our little hearts desire. Whatever our little hearts desire because that's what we get to do on our podcast. Amen. It's our podcast. We'll do what we want. It's our podcast. We can do what we want to. Amen. But we do not own the rights to that song. So please don't sue us. Anyway. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back here again next week with a new episode. We can't wait. And stay tuned. Woo. All right, everyone. Bye. Bye. Mike.
gosh sorry did what you guys hear that, that? I, I unmuted something. no I unmuted right as like the sky Ooh. fell I don't know what that was <laughs> it just happened again did you hear it yeah hello hello mom no.